This episode of Eclipse on Tap is brought to you by Underberg, the German herbal digestive that is a very special after-dinner drink and served in more than 100 countries as a crowning finale to gourmet meals or hearty snacks. But what about after a flight of sour beers? Or stouts. Or stouts or bold beers. If you're looking for something after a large meal, maybe it's a festive meal, maybe it's 4th of July grilling, you're feeling a little bloated and a little groggy, Grab an Underberg to feel bright and alert. I'm going to grab one right now. Yes, sir. Cheers. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. Episode... 65. 65. Getting older. Hey, we're going to start it off a little different this time. We're going to go with a speciation. A speciation. Ah. (laughs) Subspecies, which is a pale, like a pale ale lager. It's it's kind of a combo of an ale lager. Yeah, like a hoppy lager kind of. Yeah, it is good because they have that on on tap most of the time. Yeah, this is like a staple there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, brewed and canned by speciation ales in Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you haven't been there, check them out. Yes, on Wealthy Street in Grand Rapids. Wealthy uh, and Diamond? Easttown. Uh, um, yeah, between yeah. Diamond and Eastern, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so tucked it's away. Um, tucked away off the street a little bit. Great spot. Let's crack that. Yeah. Ooh, a multi-stage crack. That was, that was a little nice. slow roll. <laughs> That's a little slow roll for you boys. So, uh, speciation is top of mind. Uh, we had an incredible day there today. Um, what do we do there? Well, let's just say we have something special. Brewing. Brewing. Um, the folks at Speciation Ales are great friends of, of us and of the Eclipse on Tap podcast. They make some great brews, and um, we've, we've got something that we'll continue teasing um, and I'm sure start releasing more information about as... As we go um, into the kind of the tail end of the summer here, but it was uh, a super fun day. So we'll Put cheer, them up, boys. cheers to Speciation yeah. Artisan Ales. Cheers. Cheers. And a hard day's work. Yep. I know. I was going to say, mm. um, shoulders a little tight. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, it's, um, that's yeah. the only hint I'll give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My shoulder and elbow. <laughs> a little tight. <laughs> that could be construed so many ways. <laughs> My shoulder's tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we spent uh, a good three or four hours there um, doing something pretty special. So yeah. we'll be excited to share more as the summer rolls on. But yeah. Here we are in the month of July. Yep. It is hot and muggy um, and wonderful. I mean, yeah. can't beat it. The summer is Loving here. every minute of it. Me too. Like. Well, you know, anytime we get a chance to sit outside and have a meal or a beer, like, yes. Yeah. I don't care if it's 98 degrees. Just put me outside. Like, we, we spent enough time indoors. Like, yeah. Put me outside. wasn't too long ago we were uh, bitching about the cold. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel so, like the summer in Michigan, um, given that there's, like, not really a spring anymore, <laughs> it just no. kind of goes straight from cold to warm. Um, 40 to 80. Yeah. The, the days in which, the ones that you're describing, Nathan, where you can go outside, it's wonderful. It's super super nice outside warm not too hot not too much whatever are like numbered right yeah, you, you're only yeah. gonna get a certain amount you feel like oh it's crazy too like you know we're into middle of july now mm-hmm. 
and you're you're getting close to like school goes back for a lot of kids like mid August. Yeah. You're four weeks away from school starting back up. You're like, holy shit, crazy. Where, where is it going? It just yeah. it feels like it just started. Only speaking of which, we got to get the ball month. rolling on underground, man. We do. Well, yeah. Well, only a month and a half left of Grattan, and we've missed. We've had like a three week hiatus too. Yeah, yeah. So. There was a cancellation at the end of June for which I would assume is maybe a first ever uh for the, the air smoke quality. yeah air quality that was a weird time uh, for for those that live in michigan you you obviously experienced this alongside really, us but really anywhere in the northeast yeah, u.s the whole northeast because it ended up blowing out towards pennsylvania new york all those um those small states there vermont and, and whatnot but yeah yeah the wildfires in north northern canada and quebec uh was it a little northwest of montreal I yeah think. really intense and um, my brother-in-law in Chicago was, and he lives on, I think like the 46th floor or something. He was like, it, it was crazy. Cause you were like in a cloud yeah. up on the 46th floor and you couldn't see the streets. You couldn't see anything. It was just like this haze. Hmm. They said that, um, if you were outside, um, in, in moderate, moderate exercise, like call it a walk around the block or something that an hour in that air was, uh, equivalent of smoking six packs of cigarettes serious yeah oh, i didn't know it was that bad <laughs> yeah so it's a good thing like, ah, we didn't. it's fine <laughs> good thing we didn't do gratin i think yeah. jeremiah and Haas went for a ride that day so they probably they smoked did. uh 20 packs of cigarettes well a lot of people did yeah I, I was looking at uh strava a lot of people were riding yeah it was gnarly i i definitely i mean i had uh, a, a little bit of a headache one morning and i was like i mean this i could attribute this to a number of things you know yeah but but it seemed kind of consistent uh, throughout the day and um, definitely had a bit of a scratchy throat. We went to that, see the Dave Matthews. That's what I had is the scratchy, scratchy throat. Yeah. 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 Dave Matthews said something too. We, we That was that day, right? Or yeah. the day before Tuesday. I think it was one of the more intense days we saw the Dave Matthews band concert and he uh, mentioned something brief about his slightly scratchy throat too. Yeah. Which, yeah. That I can imagine that being a, a, a challenge to try to overcome as a musician. It was like smog. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was like driving out there to the concert was just the highway was small, especially was in those. those I, like I remember watching what was it the twenty eighteen games in China? Uh-huh. Was it 2018? twenty eighteen? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was Tokyo. Do- twenty. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Was it? Yeah, two thousand eight. That long ago? Yeah. yeah. Holy two, shit. Two thousand four was Athens. Two thousand eight was Beijing. Yeah. Okay, but I remember all the warnings like for the athletes there and like wear your mask and blah 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 and like you know they you'd see the broadcast and it would be hazy. Our hazy was much more hazy than oh, yeah. that. Like, yeah, it was thick. Yeah. And it smelled like a bonfire kind of. A yeah. little bit yeah. worse almost. It did. It was weird. It was kind of like a old bonfire. I read that but, the um, the way that the sun's UV rays kind of penetrate that smoke, obviously you have smoke being produced by burning wood, a lot of um, hydrocarbons in that smoke, a lot of just carbon in general, obviously, you know, the ash and whatnot. But there's a lot of other chemicals in there that burn away with the wood. Mm. And when the UV strikes that smoke, um, I was reading that it kind of dissipates like those those traditional smoke um, ingredients, I, I, I guess. And what leaves be, what it leaves behind is like the VOCs, the volatile organic compounds. Like, you know, you go to buy paint nowadays and it says like no VOCs. Yeah. But that was like that pretty nasty chemical in, in older paints. Um, so what you're left with is, is exactly what you say, like an old bonfire smell, but it's kind of like plasticky almost. Yeah. Um, I had a coworker, he referenced it as like, he's like, it kind of smells like one of those like hillbilly burn barrels, you know, the people put in their yeah. yard, oh, yeah. like you know, the, the 30 gallon barrel. Yeah. Just like, and they just show light some shit. Kind of like, uh, a, a 
a porter potty at NASCAR with a cigarette <laughs> left burning in yes. it. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Which is uh, a good 50% of them. There's nothing worse than a steaming hot shit that smells like a cigarette. Oh, so many, so so many of them are like that. That so is the worst. Needless to say, this the the night skies have not been great for us. No, we finally no. come back into a range that is uh, much better in terms of air quality. The the AQI, I, the air quality index, has been back in like the 30s, but it was like 260. Yeah, there was one day where the west coast of Michigan had the top, there was like eight of the top ten worst cities in the world for air quality that day. Yeah. including Grand Rapids. No, like number one for a hot second there based on how it was swirling off the lake was Ludington. Really? Yeah. Which has got like some of the nicest air. It's like well, one they, of the most beautiful cities yeah, in yeah. The, probably in the country. Yeah. I yeah. like stand doors. Yep, for sure. So we're yeah. glad that that's over with. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I can't get in a lot of rain. Tons of rain lately. And that's that's yeah. been good because in the month of May. That was a hell of a good storm on Wednesday night, by oh, the way. Oh, big time. Yeah. So, yeah. David, you mentioned like we haven't been out to Grattan in three weeks. This week was canceled by, well, so we had the air quality. Mm-hmm. And then we had the 4th of July. Then this week, thunderstorms. Yeah. So yep. we ended up getting together, cracking some brews, mm-hmm. making some dinner. And like as soon as we finished dinner, the skies just gave us a show yeah it was wild so we pulled out the chairs in the garage and it was it was a crazy good storm like the the perfect the quintessential summer thunderstorm lightning we had close strikes it was awesome it was and it wasn't too windy so there wasn't like that inherent level of danger that you might sense with a big severe thunderstorm where you're like oh shit i got to get inside or whatever it was just falling straight down pretty much but big big thunder big lightning it was um, pretty bad i think south of us really close strikes when we were watching Mm -hmm. i mean within a second or two yeah i saw i think i saw that one kind of like over the over the um maybe on the other side of your neighborhood there maybe on the other side of uh breton or something or uh yeah breton but yeah, it was super, super close. And yeah, it's been weird weather. Um, there was a storm actually the Wednesday before, which would have been Grattan, but it was obviously off for the 4th of July as it always is. But it's kind of crazy to think we would have had three cancellations in a row because that Wednesday before this last was equally as stormy. And that's the day um, we have a big oak tree, 220 year old oak tree in, in our backyard. And one of the big trunks, one of the big branches got struck by lightning and just sheared off. I it couldn't was, believe the photos you showed. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like it cooked it from the inside out. It did. It was like, uh, I mean, when I say a big branch, it was definitely like an auxiliary trunk. You know, those trees get to a point where that big trunk at the bottom that's kind of just like the stabilizer, and then those yeah. big branches are, are like trees of, you, of their you own. You could tell yeah. that was one of like the original arms of that yeah. tree. Yeah, so it was massive, and um, it fell from probably 30 feet up, and you could see, right, like the, the lightning went through like half of the half of it when you it just like cooked that that half big dark ring and then obviously once it got halfway cooked through then the the weight of the branch cracked off in it yeah luckily did not fall on our yard it fell on our neighbor's garage so (laughs) yeah sucks to be you yeah but uh yeah we helped them get it all cut up but that was it's been a wild couple weeks with weather and coming off of a month of may a couple months ago when we recorded that was the i think it was like the second driest may in michigan state history it we went we went like eight weeks with a quarter inch of rain. It didn't rain for 21 straight days or something while it was very, very dry. And what's so crazy, obviously, is May is typically the exact opposite. Um, usually usually yeah, a very wet month, but it has, it has been wet, wild and wonderful the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully and then it's uh, what do we got this next week? Nathan's not going to be around. So we're going to have a. Pretty I'm going much. to Colorado for some uh, good night sky viewing. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. 
we're we're gonna be um pretty much into the last month yeah here of the tour de graton yeah and then that's i can't believe it's already almost done though i know it's crazy it seems like it just started but kind of sad in a way yeah. um, but hopefully i feel like there'll be some really good quality quality uh weeks out there in august you know we'll get the full squad out there and yeah um, killer carl was gonna make a showing this yeah, week he's he, he'll be back way. i'm excited yeah it's gonna be uh, hey gonna be good. but we should give him a shout out too mm-hmm. because carl and two of his uh associates with the lucas howard group are are spinning off and starting their own real estate their own brokerage group. Yeah. Oh, is that what the congrats was yeah. about yeah. i didn't even see that okay. yeah so they're they're spinning off they're starting their own real estate group so it's really cool. exciting so congrats to looking carl. to buy or sell in the Grand Rapids area, get a hold of Carl Menzies. Yep, he's he's awesome, and um, and now we'll be doing it, uh, for his own brokerage, right? I mean that that's a really big step for a realtor, and um, it's exciting times. So good for him, and we're looking forward to seeing him back out at Tour de Gaston. La Tour, the um, Tour de Gaston. The actual <laughs> tour has been uh, feisty, phenomenal. It's been feisty. really really feisty and good to watch. Yeah. Um it's been really exciting first what 12 12 stages today was was it 13 or 12? I can't yeah, remember t- but today was like 12 13. or 13. Yeah. We're, we're like a little over midway. Yeah. And it seems like it's been a full a full tour's worth of action in some ways but I I couldn't yeah. believe it, we don't need to go <laughs> into Tour de France mode but I couldn't believe how hard they were racing. I think it was yesterday I was watching. It, you know, and it, it's in the Massif Mastif Central or Massif Central or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's from the looks of things, there's not a flat road in sight. You're you're either going up or you're going down. And these dudes, like even the leaders were racing it like it was, you know, stage 21 and they were going for seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was like, I, I don't know how these guys are going to do it into the third week. They're, they are racing every day like it's like a one day world championships. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're seeing a lot of attrition take place now where you're, getting perennial favorites or perennial gc top 10 guys just starting to look like they're cooked yeah that's the difference between like these guys and like u.s domestic (laughs) pros like these guys can race full gas for three weeks in a row Mm -hmm. and then like it's hard for most normal people to do like an eight day (laughs) stage race or like five days you know what i mean it's just like or wednesday night at gradden yeah where i I take a pull and then i'm like i can't come to the front (laughs) for like 15 laps yeah Yeah. you gotta take a breather obviously these guys are like like fine-tuned machines but you know that's the difference between them and us though it's just oh it's it's not like you can't even compare even like the best u.s domestic riders are are nothing compared to these guys no yeah it's they just they're able to recover that much better it's just i can barely recover week in between grattans Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, and they're waking three up beers a night. will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll stunt the recovery process. But uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to getting back out there. I am. I was bummed for a three week hiatus, but it was obviously for the right reasons. Feels um, like we haven't gotten together here in a while. Yeah, Has so it been like six weeks, five uh, weeks. Yeah, it's been a little over a month. We recorded with uh, Dr. Gordon Pelican right. in yep. the uh, actually late I think it May. was very late May, but yeah. by the time we were able to get his file and get it edited, it ended up being our June episode. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a good five or six weeks since we've spoken yeah. with Dr. Godin Telepin, which if that, you haven't listened, that's a, that's a great listen. Got to listen to episode yep. 64. Um, Download his book. Yeah. He's, he's a pro. He's buy a the hard time pro. Buy the yeah. paperback. Mm-hmm. I still, I want to do that for yeah. sure. Definitely uh, get the spiral bound one to have as a, a true field guide. 
Cause the last thing I want to do is like have my phone or my iPad out or something out on the, the day of the eclipse. I'd much rather have the, the book and it's a, yeah. I feel like it's a good piece of memorabilia too. I did get a, uh, a new telescope. That's something yes. new. That is, so, yeah, that is, um, yeah, I, I wanted to get a six inch diameter because I want something more portable to bring to the eclipse. I'm going to get a solar filter for it. So mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, the go-to. It's an Orion. You got a, uh, a, a great deal on that. It's yeah. pretty much brand new. It yeah. literally is brand new. It's pretty much brand new, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's going to be my Eclipse telescope. Was that a marketplace find? Yes, it was. Nice work. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody who uh, was, you, you said had it for quite a while, but never really used it for like no, a few years. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, it's like a, he's got to be in college or something like that, but uh, up in Rockford, he had it for, he, I think he bought it during in 2020 or 2021 mm-hmm. didn't really use it oh, he's Sold a covid it, so. space enthusiast yeah, yeah. he wasn't listening so. to eclipse on tap enough to get enthused about yeah. uh, the night sky viewing process so not 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 a real space enthusiast a covid enthusiast <laughs> yeah i don't have anything else to do <laughs> right no but it's a great that was a great find it's a beautiful telescope i like how it it's is? i like the size it's a bit of a different stature than than your dad's six inch, right? Hand me your glasses. Yeah. Come on, let's yes. keep them. It's a, keep it's them it's longer the the tubes longer, but yeah, um, better or longer focal length, right? Yeah. So it's we I did test it out um, with Race Chaser uh, probably two weeks ago, but um, there wasn't much to view at that point. In Still time. a little hazy in the air. Yeah, a lot of the planets you can't really see them that well. I we took a look at Venus with a uh, pretty high power lens, and it was. It was okay, but it, I mean, Venus is almost like a crescent Venus when I looked at mm. it up close. Mars is so far away right now that you, it's just like a little orange dot. Yeah, a lot of planet so. names being thrown out. Oh, yeah. But don't worry. We Are we officially like no. putting a fork in it? Captain Planet I, is I'm, dead. I'm pretty much, I'm done with, I'm fucking done with it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Captain Planet is no more. Captain Sorry Planet. Sorry for those of you that were fans of Captain Planet. <laughs> Captain Planet be the gone. Game that, <laughs> the game yeah. that wasn't a game because it always came down to like the last two seconds of the recording. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'd be like, uh, does anyone have a guess? <laughs> and I would genuinely have not even thought, put any ounce of thought into it until that moment. And I yeah. was like, hmm, okay, so I'm essentially making an arbitrary the difference guess. between your brain and mine. Like, I, I could give a shit less about the latest la- rocket launch. I want to know <laughs> who the fucking captain planet is. Priorities. Yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I, I normally wouldn't even think of it until, like, Nathan brings I mean, it up. And he's like, well, I gave a clue two weeks ago at 8 o'clock when we were leaving. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much dominated that game. Yeah, you did. You had it at the forefront. Um, and it took us like four episodes just to like get it actually going because we all kept forget. I kept forgetting to uh, think of a planet. Yeah. I wonder, I can't so. remember exactly when we started it, but it has to have been like a it, year or more ago. And it's funny to think that well, do you even, think it was that long ago? I think so. It was, or was it this early? I feel like it was like early in the winter or late in the yeah, fall. Maybe. I, th- I think it was like January, December. Yeah, it might have been. But yeah, you're right. It, it took a, a lot of time to get off the ground. And then once it did, it just crashed immediately. <laughs> I yeah. mean, not every idea is a home run. Not every idea is a home run. <laughs> it was fun. You're while swing and miss sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet of the Month, although fun, was not a home run. Yeah. We could take a poll on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see Captain Planet return? <laughs> yes. Yes or no? <laughs> just do a series of Captain Planet photos. Yeah. Our powers yeah. combine. <laughs> For season five, would you like Captain Planet? <laughs> exactly. 
but it would be fun to uh to I, I know we spoke about it like another game like that that would potentially even involve our our listeners or our viewers on on the social media game using like instagram polls or something because yeah. you can do like a story and then do, do a, a poll. poll you know between yeah. a b c and d or something it'd be kind of cool we should do that um i don't know if it would be a question i feel like if it was just a general space question it'd be like oh you could just look this up on yeah wikipedia um i do feel like we need to engage the social media audience a little bit more like mm-hmm. um the the guy that does my tattoos recently did a, a post that was like hey on this date i'm gonna do a free tattoo and any like donations go to such and such charity mm-hmm. and there is a there was like an app that he posted mm. um that you can like have like a wheel of for or uh yeah is it wheel of fortune that you spin the wheel a little spinny thing yeah. Yeah. so you spin it and then he like you know it was a bunch of people's names on it and then whoever won wins the free tattoo oh cool cool but we could do something like that mm-hmm. where we like hey you know enter your name into this drawing and then spin and you get a underberg yeah t-shirt or whatever some sort of swag yeah that would i think that's a good idea engage the audience yeah and then it's not like just you know what planet is furthest from you know like something stupid like that where people are like oh (laughs) i did see a video today on the top on that topic the um mass of a black hole have you seen this video Mm -hmm. i can i can pull it up for you again but it's like um so they they start like lining up our sun and it's like mm-hmm. they line up probably like 50 by 50 in a cube. Uh, and then, like, you know, they fill all these cubes with 50 by 50 and, and it goes up, you know, 50 cubes high and 50 cubes wide mm-hmm. until they, you get to, like, the actual mass of a black hole. It's pretty freaking insane. How many cubes? How, oh, I don't even like know. Like thousands like, by thousands? It up. Yeah. It, That's like you're, crazy. You're talking thousands of suns, well, probably hundreds of suns within a cube, and then hundreds of cubes. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, black holes are are pretty they're, incredible. They're little bastards. They're, uh, <laughs> they sure are. They just suck all the energy out. Just, they sure man. do. Man. And, uh, and speaking of suns, while you look up um, the, the video, Nathan, one thing that we definitely want to talk about, um, and we'll we'll kind of jump back and forth once we we get the black hole um, diorama pulled up, is the one year anniversary of the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, and the reason I said, you know, speaking of suns, was the photo that they released for the one year anniversary was of a a new nebula, a new cluster of stars being born. And they said in view in the field of of that image, there were um, over fifty star sized yeah, around 50 stars with masses comparable to our sun. So wow. big stars. Um, kind of some fully formed, some shining and you know representative of their initial phase of, I don't know, being synthesized. Yep. And it was just an incredible photo because it really put, I think, James Webb, Webb's space telescopes full potential on display and it was did you see did you see this yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, showed, yeah, me, yeah. I showed it last night yeah so it um obviously can take images at different depths almost and that's why it's been able to capture such incredible depth in the photos and this one you just see this cluster of stars like almost exploding out you know bilaterally with all this cosmic dust that was and amazing stuff. so the, cool the yeah. depth of that photo and, and the, the colors the that, and like that the did I, I'm sorry, I've been looking for the black hole. Did you already explain how they took it? No. So they're taking photos at different points in time, essentially, 
So you're taking basically a 3D photo where you're focusing on, you know, one piece, of, one, one exposure, one frame at a time in order to create the photo mm -hmm. because who knows how long ago this happened. I mean, I'm sure they've had it. It says it's it uh, 390 light years away. So yeah, that, but I mean like how long ago that actual phenomenon happened, you know, it mm -hmm. could have been a thousand years ago. Sure. But we're just seeing it now or sure. th oh, no, 390 yeah. years ago. Yep. Yeah, 390 light years. And so ago. we're just yeah. photographing it now. Yeah. Like that that to me is just crazy. It's That's, it is really cool. That's my theory is that what if there's actually no stars left except us? Mhm. Mm because we're seeing such old light. We're seeing million year old or yeah, yeah, many many years old light. Yeah. Yeah, it's, think about that for a minute. A, that's a theory. That's think a theory. about that for a minute. It's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, all the light we're seeing, like all half these stars could be gone. We don't even know it yet. Yeah, it's exactly. And and these images are capturing past events in, in a way that's just absolutely mind-blowing. Do you find it? No, I'm having trouble. Hang on. Let me, I'm just going to do a, a Google search. A Google search. Go ahead and do a Google um, search. It says located a mere 300 light years away. So yeah, when you think about the yeah. the, the scale of, of space and time, that is pretty close, right? Like 390 light years versus you hear things that are 390 million light years away. Yeah, um, yeah. I pretty mean, cool. When you're talking universe, yeah, 300. That's still a freaking long oh, ways yeah. away. But yep. yeah, it would take. So so if I. Is it right that it would be 390 years for yeah. light to have reached? Yeah. Like at the speed of light, it but still yeah, takes the speed of light. It would be, yeah. It's, uh, to crazy. me, that's still, it's still crazy. I mean, you're oh, talking yeah. about like what the 1600s. Yeah. This happened and now we're just seeing it now. So cool. Yeah. How many generations of humans have lived? That's what I was going to say. It's how many times has like humanity more kind of churned over. Yeah. Uh, in well, these at, big epics the differences of time. that took place on our planet. I mean, you had. Yeah now combustion engines from that time to this time like, yeah it's pretty incredible it's at a it's yeah and that's, a, that's nothing in the grand scheme of time right then uh, just for context for for our listeners too this was a this was a nasa article and they um the the, the center of the image like the f the main focal point is an image of an uh, a, a mature star called s1 and its starlight is illuminating a kind of that wispy yellow like blob behind it. And then towards the upper right, you see those streaming red jets. And it says that that is a stream of molecular hydrogen, which is material that gets spewed out of uh, either side of forming protostars. So it kind of bilaterally just like exploding out and it forms that incredible um, image. And then black shadows near these regions you said, you are- You said it was hydrogen? Uh, molecular hydro hydrogen yeah okay. so yep um and then it says the black shadows near these regions in between are the accretion of disks of swirling gas and dust so you see almost shadows of uh swirling gas mm -hmm. and some of these swirling gas and dust um kind of accretions i guess um it says may be in the process of creating planetary systems oh yeah so like yeah you're gonna get some planets out of that oh yeah that image oh, yeah. not only shows the synthesis of of stars when, but also planets. It's yeah, crazy. when you when yeah. you think about it like that, like that's how our solar system came to be. Yeah, so cool. It was, it was some type of massive, you know, implosion. Mm -hmm. I guess it, it that that's an implosion, right? I believe so. Yeah, right. Because yeah. um, a red dwarf or all those different stages of star stars life cycles eventually get to the point where it implodes. Yeah. Although yeah. when it implodes, does it create a black hole? I that, can't remember. Yeah, it creates a black hole. I don't know. They go, but well, anyhow, I mean, that's yeah. how 
that's a, a new star star being born. That's how like our solar system came to be. Is sure. like all this shit was just flung out into orbit around this mass, and it became all of the planets. It's wild. Is that the? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing as like going supernova, right? Is that? I think so. Am I right? Okay. Supernova, I think, is when the star it dies. dies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But let me. But that's, uh, that's what happens when it becomes like a white dwarf. It goes. Right. It gets big, goes really small, then goes supernova. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a powerful explosion of a yeah. star. Yeah. Occurs in the last evolutionary stage of a massive star or when a white dwarf is triggered into a runaway nuclear fusion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just the entire, the, the fusion inside the star just absolutely goes berserk. So when our sun goes supernova, we're going to have exactly how many minutes till we... Six? <laughs> no. You're going to be gone before then, aren't you? Like, it's going to draw us in. I don't know. I think it would be, like, if there was, like, a big... They've said if you had, like, a massive solar flare, which I know is a totally different thing, but something that would absolutely disrupt the whole world and really cause a lot of damage, it'd be, like, six minutes. They would know about it, and then we'd have, like, six or eight minutes or something to to kind of seek cover uh, because of how fast things travel. But assuming things take their natural course and the sun burns out Mm -hmm. in five billion years or whatever... It long before you get the supernova, it would like the the pull of it, like the gravitational pull of it and the heat of it mm-hmm. intensifies yeah. and it would pull us in. Oh, and it it expands too, and then it contracts yeah. and then it explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like man. that. Uh, the the run, when it said runaway nuclear fusion, it reminds me of uh, I can't remember which um, Toby Maguire Spider Man it was, but there was the, the scene where there's like the giant nuclear the bad guy comes up with this you know way to solve the world's energy and he creates this fusion and then it just runs away and just sucks everything into it and it's exactly what you're describing but of yeah, course yeah. on a on like a mega so we scale need, we need to deve- need to develop a camera that can withstand like crazy heat and like the worst conditions possible to like somehow document it when it happens go, because bro. we're all gonna be gone a GoPro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll set it up on my tripod. <laughs> put a GoPro Hero up. And <laughs> yeah, just throw it up. Oh, I'll put my drone up in the sky. And <laughs> Did you see uh, GoPro totally random, but they came back out with like another session, like another mini yeah, one? Yeah. Looks pretty so sick. That, yeah, it's not quite as quite as small as the session was, but it's pretty small. I was curious about I've, trying to get one. Hey, I'm thirsty. I'm going to grab yeah. a beer. What do you guys want? Um, let's do the uh, Sierra Nevada collab with Ecliptic. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big one. That's a big one. But um, the GoPros, um, I've had bad, I had bad luck with the one in the past, so I don't know. I'm tentative to, to buy another one, but I'd love to have something like that. They're not cheap either. No. So it's like... I feel like the batteries and the Bluetooth, like just I don't know, they, they don't last that long. But they're yeah. made, they're made to be rugged, but they're just not that rugged. Yeah, it's almost uh, like know. you know, you figure a company that's designing a camera to be more or less kind of not indestructible, but that's how they market it. It, it it's like they have to do something to keep you buying their product because they're kind of pitching it to you as like, if you buy this, it's you know, it'll go underwater, it won't break or whatever. Yeah. You could have it for years, but then they're like, we're also a company that's trying to make money. So I wonder if, they, if the batteries are just shit. Yeah. You know, like I they don't just, know. I mean, even with a new one, I've heard we don't need to keep like bashing GoPro. Yeah. But, Not uh, a sponsor of this podcast. But w- even with the new one, like it, apparently it overheats and all that kind of stuff. So mm. why would mm. you want that? Guys. Not good. I'm back. And I have with me a beer that I've been looking forward to for a long time because yes. I, I know Sierra Nevada is close to David's heart too, but like... When I first got into craft beer, I was in college 
and we were, you know, we would do our backpacking trips out to Wyoming and we'd always get Sierra Nevada pale mm-hmm. ale. And it, like when the first time I introduced it to dad, he was like, Oh, Oh, it's so bitter. It's so, you know, this, that now. Hoppy. Yeah. Because you know, he would drink Miller light or whatever. Sure. Now it's like, Oh, Sierra Nevada is like the go-to. Um, so I've been looking forward to this one a lot. And I know David also visited their brew brew facility. Mills in, River. Uh, is it Mill? Yeah, Mills River. Yeah. Like right outside of Asheville. Yeah. Okay. North Carolina, yeah. south of Asheville. Yeah. Yep. And that place is amazing. I mean, you talk about brew facility, concert venue, like just general hangout place. They've got like, they've got bags. They've got a uh, like amphitheater. They've got. I mean, it, it is a fun place to go. And awesome. the beer cheese is top-notch. Top-notch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, so Sierra Nevada has done something special uh, with our good friends at Ecliptic Brewing. Yes, they have. And it's a really cool label. We got our two astronauts. It looks as if they're on, well, they're in some type of canyon. I don't know if it's on a different planet. It must be. It must be on Mars. But they're in a canyon, so you're getting the reflection of the canyon off their uh, space shields. It's a very cool cosmic yeah. collab can. There's been great ones, and this is uh, one I, of the best. I believe it's called Secchi. It's S-E-C-C-H-I, Hoppy Wheat Ale. Okay. S-E-C-C-H-I. Hoppy Wheat. Um, so let me give you the rundown here. Brewed with our friends at Sierra Nevada Brewing, this Hoppy Wheat Ale is named after a mountain range on the moon. Oh. There you go. There's your answer. With pronounced top character from Strata, Amarillo, Mackenzie and Citra. This fruit fo- forward beer finishes crisp with a bunch of citrus from real orange and lemon peel. Brewed by Ecliptic Brewing 2023. And mm. let me get you a ABV 6.5%. Beautiful. Yeah, baby. That uh, description sounds fantastic. And when, when Ecliptic says stuff like lime and, and, you know, it's not like these extracts. It's, this is the real deal. These, these are two breweries that I've never had a bad beer from. No. Yeah, they're both. I mean, you're talking John Harris, the, one of the founding brewmasters at Deschutes, which was one of kind of the big three at the beginning of the craft beer, yeah. beer evolution. You Sierra Deschutes. Nevada probably right there with them. Oh, yeah. It, it was like Bell's, Sierra Nevada, and Deschutes. Yeah. And so you're, you're getting John. I'm sure that the connection there is, is, yeah. uh, is long-standing a gr- long standing relationship. Yeah, big time. Yeah. All right, Very let's cool. crack this bitch. Oh, yeah. Crack. Ooh, that was right on. Give me your cup. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one as well. Ecliptic sent um, a batch of uh, beers to us, a couple uh, good ones that we'll, we'll sample um, in the remainder of tonight's episode. But this one is uh, the one I'm most excited for, that. no doubt. That's a beautiful pour. Look at the head on that. That is a beautiful head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, no, man, you're killing it with John, these pours. I'm, I'm just killing it. That's uh, photo worthy. I'm going to take a photo in the Vivant glass. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Oops. Cheers. My, my, yep. my mind's a little heady. Yeah, babes. Okay, cheers. Yeah, babes. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Yes. Very good. It's got that definitely that citrusy wheat, that citrusy wheat ale. Yeah, that hit that punches you right in the face when you get it. The citrus. It does, and then the wheat ale is um, prominent too. Like it's yeah. got that almost like Oberon like backing. Yeah, and then very hoppy still though. Really I good. I love it. Super, super. Um, like a um, not a sharp flavor in a bad way, but like it's no, um, it's, it's in- intense. Though. It's an exhilarating experience drinking <laughs> this beer. <laughs> it's quite exhilarating. <laughs> yes. 
Very good. I like it. And it's uh, so Seki is the mountain range on the moon. Who who knew? I didn't know that. Seki. Yeah, I've never, never heard of it. Thank you, Ecliptic and uh, Sierra Nevada for informing us and educating us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's got to be one of the, I mean, Cosmic Collab has become a staple. Um, specifically, if you, of course, live in the Pacific Northwest, these are like sought after beers. You know, Ecliptic is releasing these Cosmic Collabs and it's the kind of stuff like people are headed out to, you know, the equivalent of Megabev or whatever their big beer store that is there hunting these you to know? get the latest yeah. and greatest oh yeah yeah so we're um super grateful for them sharing it they, they've always shared the cosmic collabs even from the very beginning they're the ones i look forward to the most i think i think I mean, so i i know when i get an ecliptic beer i'm gonna like it when i get a cosmic collab i'm just like intrigued yeah like, it's some sort this of one gonna be it's always a creative endeavor with and the relationships are cool they've done one with a lot of breweries bells included so yeah, yeah. collabs are always good mm-hmm collabs are good hmm Huh. I'm just going to take a sip on that. Me too. Um, the uh, the cool, I, I did like, they actually kicked the whole process off Ecliptic did for their five-year anniversary, if I remember. And it was, they did those bottles. Those were incredible yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and they do cans now, which I do like the bottles. We I got kinda, a bunch of those bottles. I Yeah. Do you, you save them? I didn't save them. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. But we did have a lot at one point and uh, I feel like the bottles kind of almost gave it that little bit of extra... Um, special like glamour. a bottle of champagne kind of yeah Felt like you're something about bottles yeah it's like going to what was the place mom worked at glamour shots or something yeah yeah you just get dolled up yeah you, you get a bottle you get dolled <laughs> yeah. up yeah, yeah you do i used to put yeah. lipstick on and crack the bottle <laughs> <and> <laughs> the can uh, the can's good though the can's of course easy um to, to personally sell. i'm a can guy like i like I, the flavor I, yeah i just love the flavor out of an ice cold can mm-hmm I do like the bottle, though. The bottle like has a... a um, when we're sharing one, I like a bottle. But yeah, to drink I, one out of a bottle, no. Right. Like like a, a good, you know, whatever, pint of beer or uh, what, what is it? Ounce. Seven, yeah, 750 ml oh. that you put in a bottle. Oh, the, big, like the, yeah, bigger, the bigger bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. When you crack one of those, it's like, okay, we're in this together. This is, this is an experience yeah. together. But um, if I'm drinking one on my own, I prefer a can. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's. I feel like it's definitely a proven fact that, at least, well, I guess maybe not. It, it could still be up to preference, but I think the majority of people would agree that cans are a better vehicle for beer. Like they yeah. just keep, it's a little fresher, it's a little colder, there's no light, there's no this, there's, you know. Well, you go back to uh, like Heineken, mm-hmm. you know, the whole skunky flavor that they had is because of the green bottle. Yeah, it and kind then, of. Then when they started canning it, they had to like, kind of artificially skunk it in order to uh, obtain that same flavor that people loved in their bottle. Yeah, it became uh, the identity of that beer was that little bit of skunky like Pilsner flavor. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. It depends for me, like Pilsner Urquil, which is that Czech, Czech beer. It's, um, a really, a really world, like worldwide, very, very famous Pilsner. It has just a a little bit of that, that skunkiness, but it's, not nearly as sharp. I mean, with Heineken, yeah, you're like, I mean, you yeah. got it. It's an acquired yeah. taste, no doubt. Hi, honey. Yeah. And yet it's still one of the, I think it's like one of the top selling beers in the world, though. I mean, it's huge in Europe. Heineken? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah. They're I've heard that their uh, zero alcohol is like the best tasting non-alcoholic beer you can get. Yeah, they're, they're 0.0, I think it's called. Um, they Oops. advertise all over F1. Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. That's their market is yeah. like the kind of enthusiast market. Um, they had, uh, I don't know if it was the Heineken one, but there was a non-alcoholic beer of that stature um, that was uh, partnered with, I think it was the, 
I don't even know what they are this year, but like the quick step team, the world tour cycling team, where they'd always drink it right after their, you know, stage oh, yeah. or whatever. They as say a promotion. non-alcoholic beer is the best recovery drink. Oh, I can. Yeah, I would see. I mean, you got the carbs, you've got there was the a, malts. And yeah, there was a study like with a, a bunch of like actual recovery drinks and then non-alcoholic beer and chocolate milk because chocolate milk is mm. known to be a, a really good recovery as well. Yeah. And, and non-alcoholic beer was slightly above chocolate milk is like the wow. best recovery see that just doesn't sound appealing to me no like, i want alcohol give it give it to me right in the vein well i mean like <laughs> right after even like right you mean the texture of the beer well, and like, yeah you get done with like a hot i can only imagine getting done with like a hot stage of course i say this i'm like talking out of my ass because i do the same thing but with real beer at Grattan. Mm. yep but I'm just thinking, like, after a hot day, I, the last thing I'd want somebody to hand me is a non-alcoholic Heineken. Yeah, for sure. I'm with no, you. No, give me a fucking Heineken. I'm with you, though. Even, like, a beer in general, I'd be like, yeah, Better than that, give me a... Uh, no, toot. Give me a Sierra <laughs> yeah. Give me a I mean, speciation. Yeah. Give me an ecliptic. Well, I, I say that, but, like, that's the first thing I grab when I'm done with, like, a 90-degree stage yeah. at Grattan. I Definitely. love it. When when it's like three laps to go and I'm suffering like a dog, the only thing I that keeps me going is knowing that there's cold beer in the cooler. Definitely. I, I think <laughs> I'm with you on the Grattan side. And I think one thing that would be really cool, um, since Speciation is definitely our local um our local beer proprietor that we've partnered with it would be it would be great to start taking like some photos with a, like a, maybe that beer that's a good you yeah. know light hoppy lager that we had in the first uh, bit of this episode um do some photos for you know post Grattan because it it is a popular spot for people after a bike ride i mean it's it's centrally located and i we, we've we've done it many times and and seen others so yeah it'd be a good marketing yeah. thing for them yeah actually between recordings we hit there uh, on a, a pub cruise for Lindsay's mm-hmm. 40th yeah it's a great we're a little great patio there it feels like you're just hanging in somebody's backyard yeah That's what it feels pretty like, much so. yeah yeah we love speciation and it's been fun to uh continue to forge that relationship over the years and yeah, today was a good day. It was it was super fun, but it, it was a. Uh, I mean, we don't want, we're not gonna give it away tonight, but mm-hmm. it was a uh, monumental day in the history of this podcast. Yes. we'll leave it at that. Yep, absolutely, and really good team building too. Like it was super fun to meet um, some of those guys in in a setting that wasn't just us there as patrons, right? Like it was yeah. um, a really awesome experience. So. Kudos to yep. them. Kudos to them. Speciation. They got a good thing hills. going. They really do. But, cheers um, to you, Speciation. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. There's definitely some more um, space news to talk about in the second half, uh, yeah. Starship and whatnot. But I think right now we're yeah we're doing perfect on time. So we'll take a little Berg break presented by Unterberg. You got them iced for us, David? I don't, I don't know if we, I don't I don't know have, if we have any. But uh, have we'll any. still take the Berg break. It'll be all right. Um, we we did have two already today, so oh yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we were with Speciation, those folks love Underberg, that's for sure, um, and for good reason. It's the best. Drink it uh, after a big meal. Drink it after Gratin. We always do. Bright and alert. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, keeps you bright and alert. And uh, we'll be back at the uh, end of our Berg break for the second half. Cheers. Cheers. Clips on Tap is also brought to you by Speciation Artisan Ales, one of our favorite spots. The best sour ales in town, if best, not anywhere. The best for a, a end of bike ride stop, which is what we usually do. We go for the sour ales. They've also got ciders, seltzers, wines, Underberg. 
Yeah, really anything I mean, you can need. Yeah. Very unique, awesome flavors. Get a flight. I mean, you can taste a number of different types of beers, ciders, whatever your palate desires. Absolutely. Located on Wealthy Street in Grand Rapids. Check it out. Welcome back from the break, the Berg break, where we are still sipping on the I was just gonna say, like I picked this bad boy up thinking it was going to be empty, and we got a little bit more to yeah, enjoy. Yeah, we got another little bit. Uh, the Saki. Keep it coming. Hoppy wheat ale. Because tonight will be the night. <laughs> this one's good. I will fall for you <laughs> ever again. Sorry, Devo. So as we... Uh, Sorry. That's good. I, I'm good. That's a nice, a nice pull. It Thank does, you, it sir. Does I didn't take much. We, we gave Matt majority that's a, of it. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Thank you, sir. And then we do have one more Cosmic collab that will be... Ooh, a, I like that. Uh, I'll just hint at it. Juicy Lager. But we'll, we'll drink that in a bit. Um, once the current Cosmic, cosmic collab has uh, supernovaed. Yes. <laughs> Expired. Exhausted. Speaking of implosion, we had the Titan. Oh, so wow. Yeah. That, that was crazy. That was a uh, such a wild. Can you imagine? Phenomenon. No, I. I, you I the, the things that I've seen since then, like talking about like, uh, um, I forgot. It must have been some military or coast guard guy, but he writes on like a styrofoam cup, you know, like his kids' names or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when they put them down in in a one of the, I don't know what they're sending down there. Submersibles, submersibles some, yeah. or whatever. He so he puts these styrofoam cups in. They come out, and it, you're talking like a regular, like like a coffee styrofoam cup mm-hmm. size, and then they come out and they're like an inch tall. Oh wow! And it whatever he wrote on it is still on there and everything, but like all the pressure, it just shrinks wow. it. And then like the diagrams I've seen or the computer illustrations of what would have happened when that thing imploded. Those guys had like not a prayer. Oh no. No, and, no, um, and they were I mean, they, they, they were, were immediately crushed. They were pretty much like at the bottom of the ocean too, weren't mm-hmm. they? When it happened, they were I think well over a mile down. Like they oh, were getting yeah. close or something. Yeah. They were they were like maybe a quarter of the way down to their mission. I, I guess they don't really know for sure, but uh, yeah. Based I on say, the, I don't think they've established like where, when. I mean, the the communication was lost early on. Yeah, the way that they f- they figured out the general timing was that navy sonar read did you see that no so the navy like oh yeah was reviewing their data and then they found they, it on the sonar they heard the they boom. heard they heard a boom yeah okay there was yeah, like yeah. A, an initial boom like an initial kind of clicky big sound and then like a big boom boom yeah, yeah so they they were able to time it out that way and they yeah. were like a quarter mile from the actual titanic though i think i think so yeah they were i don't know if they were they were getting there for sure yeah um i mean after it implodes it just drifts off mm-hmm. like there's no navigating it no obviously yeah that that was uh, unfortunate because obviously so many things that that uh the ceo of ocean gate that company for f- submersible tourism just did so many things wrong oh I, yeah the, uh dr telepin mm-hmm. posted a little thing about it about how Should they it, how it was glued together yeah the hole was glued like, to like i feel like you know you get these guys that think that they're elon musk yeah and they're like oh well we'll just do carbon fiber because it's 20 you know like no a submersible is meant to be 
titanium or steel like it, yeah. it has to be you know so that middle cylinder was carbon fiber and then capped off on the end on the ends where the pressure would would theoretically be the most with titanium caps but you're exactly right he they epoxied those together and they they showed a video of it like you know there's videos coming out from almost documentary style or promotional of them kind of building it and it looked like it was in just an open warehouse yeah and yeah. then you consider when you watch these guys build when nasa's building james webb it's in like a massive white clean room clean room and everyone yeah. has full-blown yeah suits on it's very very sterile and all this because all these little air particles and whatever the hell's floating around in this open warehouse like it literally looked like i wonder what they invested magic steel in that. like yeah i wonder what they invested like to make that it said he, uh, they, they talked about him as like a billionaire. Yeah, obviously, but I, I like I wonder what his investment was in that thing because it just seems so half-assed. Oh, big time! I think he yeah. had no idea what he was doing, and maybe he was passionate about it. But he, there was evidence of like a lot of the engineers were like college interns, essentially. Yeah, like co- like fresh oh, out of college. Somebody don't have to pay. All right, perfect. Yeah. And these kids probably think of this opportunity, you know, no, no fault to them, as this wow this is like it's like yeah, the you, next spacex or whatever and then they just yeah. Yeah. you're you're uh you're a c student yeah <laughs> and you yeah. got people's <laughs> lives in the balance yeah it's a big job and the other thing that i didn't even realize i had a coworker that was you know he had read up on it as well and kind of was interested i like like most people were i think it was a very curious and but unfortunate obviously i feel terrible for those that died but the um the electronics inside of it while they were obviously absolute shit they also none of them the tv screens the lights on the on the ceiling the even the game controller weren't fire rated like if you're the guy i think the guy was like an oil rig he worked on oil rigs for his whole career and he was making it kind of like gordon did and he said even on an oil rig like that yeah every single electronics like an like an lcd monitor it's gotta be fire fire rated yeah and so last thing you want is a a smoke something you figure a capacitor blows in that little amazon game controller oh yeah and that's that shit happens you know you get you buy a cheap electronic and it's like oh shit it's like smoking like can you imagine if it was smoking inside this little minivan they would have that they would have asphyxiated absolutely that would have been i don't know if that's worse i i like i was trying this is morbid of me, but I was trying to imagine the, what that would be like to be in the thing when it implodes. And, and like, I was thinking, do you have even time to realize what happened or are you just crushed immediately yeah. by the pressure? Cause they're, yeah. The, what were they or, like? or is it like the window starts cracking? You're like, um, guys, yeah. you want to head back up? I you think know? And then, and then that had to like, have like, I, I, you wonder if they had like a warning, or yeah. if it just all of a sudden out of the nowhere just imploded. It said that they did, and it's a. Uh, um, they think did have a warning. They did, but there the the normal a normal submarine is like several minutes. It said like if there's an initial like because if you look at the I think it's the Alvin the the initial mm-hmm. submersible in the 80s that went down to the Titanic yeah. and you look at that thing and how well built it is and it's robust and it, mm-hmm. like there's nothing exposed. Those things are designed by smart, like real people, right? That, that yeah. really can do it. And you figure the detection they have in every single inch of that. If they detect like in a tiny little something happens, yeah. it like triggers so they can, they can be like, oh shit, like let's get up, right? Right. This one, they had the detection system, but it was like five seconds, I think. Oh, they God. said the latency, the latency between when the computer could get, detect a pressure issue to when critical failure occurred, it was like five seconds or less even. God. just so like why even have the yeah yeah the system 
And that would have been so scary. How how deep it is, like even to get to the Titanic, it's two and a half miles, and it's just insane to me. Like the I was watching um, on YouTube. They've they've had some stuff about uh, James Cameron going down, mm-hmm. and like and those Did he are like go, those. Though, or was that ro- that was like a rover, wasn't it? No, James Cameron's been down there. He goes not the, in this submersible. They go yeah. they go down there and like print these Russian um, submarines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it was, I watched a documentary on the last time he went down there, but they okay. have these little like robots that go inside of the Titanic to like look around. Oh yeah. They're like tethered. It detaches and it kind of yeah. just like, he and controls he, it's it. a remote. Yeah. It's like a little, like, again, like a little like a joystick or yeah. whatever. And, uh, it takes them when they're descending down. So they go down, there's a one sub that is there for to light, like to sh- basically shine a bunch of lights everywhere and there's another sub the sub that he's on that has the two robotics and then he's got all the computers and all that to be able to uh, navigate mm-hmm. two it takes like two hours just to descend that mm-hmm. far down crazy yeah, you know? you, like it's crazy yeah you're just like, going down and down how and deep down that's and down. so deep and so scary yeah yeah it's just wild and he james cameron you know obviously known for his filmmaking titanic uh avatar what all those big movies but he is like a foremost submersible pilot essentially like there was one i was watching that he did a, a partnership with national geographic the submarine was wild it was vertical it was like a tube that went vertical instead of horizontal and it went down to the bottom of like the mer- the deepest part he's he's achieved a depth that no other human has james cameron mm-hmm. filmmaker he just i think with the whole titanic thing like that was his passion and he talks in the documentary about how he really struggled with the balance between his filmmaking talent and just being like, this is what I, I want to be a oceanographer or whatever. And he yeah. pretty much has, he's, he's doubled up on it. It's wildly impressive. Yeah. yeah. You, and I mean, what is it? Like 90% of the, the ocean floor hasn't been something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We know what it looks like based on sonar and everything, but mm-hmm. we, it's never been explored. No. If you're an alien, that's where to go, man. Well, yep. Tic Tac. So that was one thing I was going to mention is that the hold, ocean. Hold that thought. Yeah. Matt's got a beer. We will uh, crack the, um, just because we're all dry or nearly. Go for it. Cosmic Collab, another ecliptic brewing beer. This time, uh, this was a, Sierra Nevada was most recent. This was the previous iteration with Ravenna Brewing. This is a juicy lager with a kind of smoky uh, Cosmic I Collab. I love the, I love it. Yeah. It's got kind of like, like a cool. green planet. Is that green? Yeah. Green yeah. haze. Is it green? I think it's, yeah, green. it's green. I think it's green. That's the colorblind guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the colorblind. Yeah, it's yeah. green. Yep. Brewed with our friends at Ravenna Brewing, this lager starts with a clean malt base, then opens up a multiverse of flavor with a juicy mix of modern hops, including Enigma and Cashmere. The adventurous will be rewarded with notes of white grape, red currant, and lime orange citrus, bursting all at once on the palate. This sounds really refreshing. <laughs> The multiverse of flavor. This sounds really refreshing. The multisoloverse. We'll get this cracked. Come on. Oh no. Oh no! Man down! It was a little it's too all cold. Over my pants. It yeah. was a little too cold. It's all good. It's on my pants. <laughs> <laughs> not a not a ton of spillage. And luckily it was on my pants and not on the computer. Um, while David is kindly retrieving me a paper towel. Um <laughs> I will pour this. Let me lap that up. No, no, no. Don't wipe it up. Let me lap it up. (laughs) (laughs) The multiverse of flavor. We'll see. Okay. Time to pour it. Crisis uh, generally averted. I like the color. 
it's got a little it it pours a little hazy and then it's 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 more like a pilsner kind of color yeah it has a nice um yellow hue too yeah put them up boys put them up the final beer of episode 65 Mm. Oh, I like that oh, a lot. Ooh, That's a good summer beer. Good. That's a great summer beer. Fantastic. What did that come Imagine in? Let me check the, the ABV pool. on this bad boy. Definitely taste some apple in that. Five and a half percent ABV. Mm. That, yeah, that is... That's apple. Poolside, put it in a koozie and just enjoy your time. It has, um, and I say this in a positive way, not a negative way, but it almost has like a cidery flavor. Kinda. Yeah. Not, not like it tastes like a cider, but just has like hints of that. Um fresh apple flavor it's really good i dig it i dig it that's really good where'd you say ravenna was oregon too i think it was in oregon, oregon. Um, but i didn't i did not look it up so okay. i'll um i'll check that out the ravenna brewing i feel like ravenna is a is a town isn't it in michigan here yeah oh it is in michigan yeah it's on I, the way I, out I, to I don't uh think they, Marquette. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we rolled there and yeah they don't have a brewery Ravenna, Michigan. No, I don't think they do. But Ravenna Brewing is in Seattle, Washington. Okay, so neighboring state. All right. We like what you got going. Very good collab. As always, it's I've just fallen incredible. for you. <laughs> yeah. Over again. <laughs> Definitely uh, enjoying this beer. It is crisp and refreshing. Light. Yes. Very good. Very, very good. Very good, John. Very good. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I was going to say before we crack the beer, it's the Ocean Gate sub kind of looked like a Tic Tac a little bit. It did. Well, <laughs> and that, that was the speculation I think I sent you guys. I was like, I don't think they imploded. I think the Tic Tacs took them. Yeah, they They're just holding sucked them in. In the, in the under ocean base. Yep. They they finally got... Um, they did find wreckage. Uh, they got so, a bait, so. yeah. And human remains, apparently. Oh, they did? Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Oh. They, they did find some. Which is sad, very sad. Um, unfortunate decision making from uh, one of the. A CEO. It was like a father son. Yeah, and yeah. the son did not want to go. Oh really? Oh, really? Not at all. It was in the, like he. I think they were maybe Pakistani, um, and they the guy was a billionaire. The the dad was the kid was like sixteen or something, and um, I think it was his aunt that came out in the news and was like, yeah, he he was nervous about that and like really didn't want to go really but kind of, and then it's so sad because you think about that when you're especially that age obviously you want to kind of do right by your dad and your yeah. dad is you're yeah, just you're in a, at 16 you're in a phase where you're like oh i'm not scared of, you know i just you know yeah you, you like know, going on roller coasters to be tough guy yeah i don't really want to go on a roller coaster as an adult but as a teenager i'd be like oh this is really scary but i guess i'll go like that kind yeah. of thing it's oh man it just sucks it just sucks. It does. And, it, you know, it, it sucks for the loss of life. It also sucks because that's, you know, one more, um, one more person that's investing in exploration, you mm-hmm. know? It, it, sure. He's a billionaire that, like, rather than going into orbit, wanted to explore the depths of the ocean. Like, yeah. that, that's the sad part for me is, like, you know that legacy dies mm-hmm. now i mean no yeah certainly a passionate guy that threw a lot at it and and like i think one of the people on there was like a french a frenchman who was the jacques <laughs> <Jacques laughs> <laughs> 20,000 leagues under the sea no the um 
the guy was, uh, he worked for the company, like there's RMS Titanic Inc. Essentially, it's the company that somehow, I don't know any of the details, but they own the rights to anything that's taken out of the Titanic essentially how do you claim that no idea no I, idea I, heard, but I mean it, he's he worked for them it's though. in international waters i would think so but i, I i'd mean, leave it all be i mean yeah just leave it over 1500 people no nah, if there's gold down there we're going <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to work come on there um you tell me if we found like a billion dollars worth of gold down there you wouldn't do it let's do it i'm not going down there so it ain't gonna happen i just can't imagine i can't stepping even into keep an rc thing. car running <laughs> I cannot imagine stepping into that thing, especially with the way it looked. It, like he was in the in the pre-interviews and stuff when they were going through it. And granted, they did make it to the Titanic and did a fully f- successful mission. The 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 Titan did. Yeah, it's which is like what? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's well, video done multiple multiple. I think two. I didn't know that. I thought this yeah. was the first one. This was the third one. There were there well there was like uh, one and it like they kind of it was a mission failure but not critical failure. It was like one of the thrusters like didn't work right so they had to come back up and it was fine and oh then, i thought this was the first one no they so it was the third expedition yeah there there was one i think one or two expeditions down successfully to the titanic oh shit yeah and but he was describing in one of the interviews during uh, it was like a little like news thing with one of the first ones that they did and he was giving the tour of the inside of the sub and that little like handle light that they showed. It was like, it literally, you know, kind of looks like yeah. something you put in your RV. He's like, oh yeah, I bought this at Camping World. Like seriously, he, he had shit like that in there. And you're like, this is uh Are you, are you insane? The yeah. thing like for me about the whole expedition is like majority of what you're seeing is on a screen anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or through like, a tiny like porthole, but yeah. There's, just, a, there's a tiny porthole, but from the sounds of things, they couldn't see much out of that. No, it was like I don't know if the glass. lights are yeah the lights are pointed a different direction well, they, or whatever. They did but use shitty glass. They yeah, did. It was it, it was, was rated for fifteen hundred meters. They were going to four thousand. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. Oh my god, that's why it's like, like such that's a shame. where it's just like there's so much stupidity you're involved. For it. Yeah, you basically are absolutely like you're just I mean, like you got lucky that time when you went down there the first time and you are now just. I did see a video of the <laughs> the uh, CEO guy being like, "Oh, the great thing about this epoxy glass is that." It doesn't just shatter. It'll start to crack first, and you know, you know. It'll warn you. Yeah. I don't want to be warned by the glass. No, No, just kill me if you're going to kill me. Yeah, and it's wild to think that, um, you know, this billionaire, the dad of that that pairing of, of folks that unfortunately were involved in this, like, yeah, he may have had a passion for, I don't know. I, it just seems like there's these ultra rich that have these like insane yeah. things. They want to go up on the Blue Origin what, rocket. What is so fascinating about the Titanic anyway? I don't know. Just watch the fucking movie. It'd like, be yeah. scary as shit down there. <laughs> I think it'd oh, be scary yeah. as hell. Hell yeah. Like you're in the pitch black yeah. for hours. I would rather go on the Blue Origin in thing. In something that's glued together. Yeah. With a fucking game controller. No, I get claustrophobic in my own freaking bedroom yeah. absolutely the yeah. claustrophobia would be extreme i would be yeah. losing yeah. my mind yeah and the i would much rather much rather go up on either richard branson's little space thing or or the, the blue or flying penis the flying penis like i would do that 10 times over oh yeah, Richard, right. yeah. richard's richard branson's space pals <laughs> richard branson's little space pals they had a they had a, a successful yeah they uh, did recently not really a launch but like a flight flight mission yeah 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 they had a successful one yeah i would lose my mind because you're like <coughs> you just ha- i'd come to that realization that i'm in this tube 
there's there's no way there's no escape unless I go back up, mm-hmm. and outside of me it's gonna crush me if this thing implodes. Yeah, you're, there's no escape. Like, that is that. where I I would freak out. That that feeling I forget we talked about it in one of these episodes where it's like you're swimming in deep deep water. Or mm-hmm. you're out in outer space. Thalassophobia was what. Remember what, we looked it what? up? Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot the name for it. Yeah. What is it? Thalassophobia. Thalassophobia. But I mean, like, all right, that is at a depth of a couple of miles under the ocean's, you know, surface. And and you're in this foreign world. And that that's not even nearly as far as, like, one of the uh, flying penises is going. Like oh, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you compare it from the surface downward or the surface upward, it's not even near as far. Right. And then that feeling of like being the furthest human from planet Earth. Like it, when you're on the ISS or whatever and you're out on a spacewalk and you're the furthest human from Earth. Like, and beyond you, like you're not talking about an ocean. You're talking about eternity. Yeah. Just, it, that, that to me is like it freaks me the hell out. I like does. my I like my safe spot. Mm hmm. For sure, but, but uh, we're we're technically floating around in eternity on a we are, but we're in like ball. a controlled environment, you know. We've we found a, a homeostasis. I did, yeah. yeah, I did see a, a cool diagram too. Like most people think that like the the planets are orbiting around the sun, but what's actually happening is the sun is like catapulting through the galaxy, and we're like swirling behind it, mm-hmm. kind of. It, yeah, it's it was interesting because like, like you extent, always just think um, of the sun as like stationary, but right. actually the sun is like moving very rapidly. Yeah, the whole system is just yeah. a part of a. It's like a little cog in a giant machine. Like just yeah. the, the the magnitude is insane, wild, freaks me out. And that it's happening all over the place in other galaxies. Here we are. And Doesn't here, it freak you out to here think about that kind of thing? Like the yeah. depth of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're flying through a part of the universe we've never been in. Right, right yeah. now. Yeah. Just cruising. I've got a, a doctor that in August is taking on the swim across Lake Michigan. So he's going from uh, North Milwaukee, I forgot where, Oshkosh or someplace to Ludington. I saw that in Oconomowoc. The, there was a news article Wisconsin. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Today. So he's, he's one of the doctors that I call oh, on. Oh, sweet. Um, and he, in September, uh, sometime in the fall, he swam the English Channel. Wow. And the water temp was like, 56 maybe like cold and so like you can't have a wetsuit when you do any of these like official i don't know what they call them it's like an international swim blah 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 association so it's got to be certified so like his swim across lake michigan has to have a boat with a guy on it that's certified to like time it and make sure that he doesn't like it's almost like a guinness world record draft or whatever yeah yeah kind of like it 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 certifies it Mm mm-hmm but I, I thought the same thing about swimming across Lake Michigan, and that's only, what does Lake Michigan get to, like 500 feet, maybe? Some, yeah, I yeah I think Superior is in the, the thousands, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Lake Michigan, I think, gets to like shallower. five or 600 feet. Yeah, not, not anything insane. But, but I pretty, still get that feeling like when you get out into that vast body of water, like, oh, shit, it's like, you know, miles down, even though I not can swim, like, I'm fine, mm-hmm. and no shark's going to eat me in the middle of Lake Michigan. I still get that, like, paranoia of like i'm just in this vast body of water and it's you know miles down below me yeah it's yeah. like the uh i had that once bad at uh douglas lake which is a little tiny inland lake up in northern michigan and, and near pelston and 
it's one of those lakes though that similar to torch like a glacier or you know back in the ice age days when everything was being formed and as far as the surface of michigan um big time like divot right there a pothole lake so there's like a shelf of you know 20 feet out 10 to 12 feet of water at most all the way up into the beach plenty of great swimming and then it just drops to like over a hundred feet, like a, like a, a sheer cliff. Yeah. So that's uh, how torch is. Yeah, exactly. You're swimming. If you swim towards that edge and you can see with your, you know, out to your left there, that's where I definitely get that yeah. sinking or that feeling in my stomach. I still would be very, I would be very nervous and, and scared to, to go up into space, um, as a civilian, you know, but I think I would, I don't know. I would do that if I got the opportunity, I think. I think on I the would. Blue Origin one, I feel like it's well proven enough. Like yeah. William Shatner went up on it. I mean, d- I'd be shitting my pants if I was going up on Starship, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd be shitting my pants if I was on Bezos's penis too. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm you're saying. You're gonna like smash into the desert floor with that damn thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The thing is, like the the people they've taken like YouTubers and stuff up though. Like just it but seems to be Branson's lands like a plane. Plane right. like it. I mean, and you go up on a plane. There's really no difference from taking a normal flight. You're just detaching from the plane, going higher, and then yeah. landing. Which is, well, I think we said this before, but that's I think the ticket to space tourism is like that. Yeah, that that system. For as much as Virgin Galactic has has had to deal with like the very tumultuous, like financially and not not great results so yeah. far. I think they've got the ticket though for like the billionaires and stuff that want to just go do something extreme like that that's a little bit more accessible it seems yeah. than the blue origin just what was more it? efficient too what's what was the cost was it 250 250 is for the blue the penis the pen oh fuck that 250 grand what is it for blue origin that's blue origin do you, you talk about virgin, I'm Galactic? virgin i think it's similar okay right now at least yeah i mean do you get to sit right at the tip of the penis <laughs> yes yes john well, the, the uh, shaft itself is the rocket. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, yeah, the 250 grand. And then there was, I mean, the guy actually. Um, and that was the same for the, the Titan. Yeah. Wasn't 250 it 250? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can Those you imagine? paid 250. <sighs> 250 to go get crushed. And to look at that thing and be like, yeah, this is legit. I just no. don't understand. I really don't understand. And one of the, it's, it's proof that someone. To go see an old boat at the bottom of the yeah, ocean. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Like the, you're not. It's not it, like it, Atlantis it's, or something. <laughs> well, it's not like you're going to the moon. Yeah. Like, all right, two fifty grand to go to the moon. All right, I'd, I'd if I had that kind of money, I would do it for sure. But to go see like a man-made boat at the bottom of the ocean? No, I, I just, no, no. <laughs> it's the it's the hype because it's like not everyone has seen this, and it's the not everyone has experienced weightlessness like. So yeah, let's it's go the hype that, like some people are really into like really into the Titanic though. Oh yeah. And like old ships and Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they are. They <laughs> For are. sure. And so, Absolutely. Like, We're really into the Titanic. And uh, like the history of it. Like people are really 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 into that. So yeah. they're willing to to risk literally their lives to go no. see it on a janky F off. Can I have that beer please? Yes. Composite composite submarine. glued together thing well, and the, the gluing part was that <laughs> dr telephone shared yeah, that yeah. was what i was kind of like okay that <laughs> that just does it for me that the controller was one thing and now yeah. they're the, here's i saw a video of the the ceo whoever he is stockton rush or something yeah, yeah. like 
Stop he's, doing rush. He's like, yep. This is the controller that we use, and he just he literally like threw it on the floor of the submarine. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, you know, it's just a just just an inexpensive controller. We keep a couple spares on here. I'm like, yeah, you, why did you just throw the controller <laughs> that you're gonna use to go? Like, you dumbass. It's so wild that he was able to coerce into. To, yeah. not, I don't know if he coerced, but no, like he did. to 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 trick people. It's not like he forced them to go, but obviously he was projecting something probably so friends far with Epstein. beyond. Yeah, like it just like there in was that, some, running in that same crowd for sure. Like there was just some general fishiness with that, and I don't know. It just because the other thing too is they were talking. I think maybe even Gordon mentioned this. Like all the exposed wires, like it looked so makeshift, even on the ec- external side. Yeah, like there was wires everywhere, and what? A, like I didn't even consider this until I think it was Gordon or somebody was like the snag factor. Like what if you got to the Titanic? Everything's going great. And then you turn and it just snags on one, like, and you can't get it off or something. There's all sorts of scenarios there. And then you look back at all those submersibles that have gone well, to the Titanic and they're like super smooth and yeah. no, no exposed anything. And the thruster yeah, was imagine on Imagine that, like, you know, because when the news was breaking about this whole thing, they were like, oh, they're run, you know, they have two days worth of oxygen left. They have eight hours worth of oxygen left, mm-hmm. you know, all the way down. I mean, lo and behold, they were gone long before that. But imagine that you just get snagged on the Titanic. Yeah. And you're down there for like four days hoping somebody finds you. Yeah. And you're just running out of oxygen. I couldn't deal with that. Like, there's just- No, you get claustrophobia talking about getting in the damn thing, let alone sitting down there for four days. Yeah. Having just, to having to poop. Well, there, there <laughs> is there is a toilet on men there. shitting on each other. <laughs> there was a toilet. Apparently, yeah, a little toilet right yeah. in front of the window. It was like a camping toilet. You had yeah. to sit in front of everybody and shit though. Crazy. Dad, close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just so. It's like so extremely bad that yeah. it's almost like you can't help but laugh about the yeah. whole scenario. I mean, it's like tragic. But at the same time, you're like, fucking who in the world would do that? Yeah. I just don't understand. Let alone some, like, a couple of billionaires. Like, oh, sure, let's do it. It's just so different with the Blue Origin thing. Like, if you were a billionaire and you're like, I'm going to go 250 grand, sure, I'm going to go up to the edge of space and be whatever. And you go visit Blue Origin and you see the manufacturing facility and you get on the rocket and, like, you're like, I trust this. Yeah. To be getting into that thing and being like, yeah, I trust this to take (laughs) me into this near space level of harshness where we are and on earth like yeah you're entering the no. most hostile yeah you're place basically you rocket man what was his name oh Dude, uh, oh yeah, yeah. M- mad mike Hughes. mad mike mad mike, mad mike. kind you're of the basically same. him pretty much kind of the same thing <laughs> yeah hate to say it but yeah. uh, it, oh, it's true a rocket and prove the earth is flat <laughs> yeah by launching myself in this circus tier rocket <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just send a, 80, a drone up. 80 gallon drum of gasoline and turn it into a rocket. <laughs> Just go on an airplane. Take a flight from LA to Detroit and you can L- see. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like, what was he thinking? Oh my God. Mad Mike Hughes. A staple of R. the R. early R. phases. R.I.P. Mad Mike. R.I.P. He, he was a big Peace topic of ours for a long time. <laughs> big time. Oh, we had, we had Mad God. Mike Hughes. Uh, yeah, we had an update on him pretty much every episode earlier. Yeah. Like, Definitely not a great decision maker. <laughs> he knows the earth is around now. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> he found out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's like those experiments they do even to, to prove that the earth is, is, has a curvature to it where they'll put uh, like a piece of board with a hole in it and then go way down and then shine the light and you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm. It's so easy. You can. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Just so stupid. But actually speaking of like aerial, I don't know, that just kind of made me think about aerial views looking down from something. The drone footage of Starship's recent static fire was insane. Mm. They had the drone right on top of the rocket. Like, Did you see uh, the pretty like, far up? It's basically an umbra around the thing of yeah. all the rocket, like the plumes. Yeah, plumes. it shoots out like an eight direct. It's it's like it's a beautiful scene almost. Like it's yeah. obviously so chaotic and there's so much. It's kind energy. of like an eclipse though, because like the the nose of the rocket goes almost black because you've got mm-hmm. such intense light coming from underneath it. Mm-hmm. It it's it kind of gives that same. Yeah, the exposure changes. Yeah. It was an amazing shot. I was like. For a static fire launch, which is clearly a big step, and it's it's very important to the company. But from a from a viewer's perspective, especially like just the general consumer, they're not going to be. They're like, oh, a static fire. But then it kind of almost made news in a way beyond space news because of that shot. I mean, it was incredible. When's the next actual launch? I think he had said a, like a month or a little over a month from the last one that. They launched, which yeah. exploded. So I feel like they're they're getting close. This yeah. SN twenty five was the one that static fired. August. So I would think this summer, which is going to be bonkers to, yeah. to watch again. Yeah, because they obviously did. I think quite well overall. There's a lot of there's a lot of negativity still about Dude, it. Moon's supposed to be in like February, isn't it? It's supposed to be in uh, the fall of twenty twenty four. I think. Oh, yeah. next fall. I thought it was early 2024. The Artemis mission that's going up to the moon, um, that includes the Grand Rapids native, yep. will be sooner than that, I think. Okay. Yeah. That one might... Yeah, it, it just... They're orbiting it, the moon or are they going to land on they're it? They're orbiting. Okay. They're doing the old say. Apollo 8. Yeah. Yep. Figure 8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is... That's going to be Frank so Borman, awesome. Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, Bill Anders. Hell yeah. Can you imagine... Uh, just being the first person to go looking back through a porthole down at the moon that close for the first time since, you know, well, now, Apollo especially, 17. Especially now that there's all those alien colonies on the back side, dark exactly. side of the moon. Like, go up and check out what's going HD on. HD footage. Yeah. Yep. I can't wait to see those photos. Yeah. The government won't. I think won't the only uh, the only lunar lander that has landed back there is China. From what I understand, if yeah. I remember right, that they they kind of went yeah. all in on the dark side of the moon type deal, and that's maybe they're colluding with the aliens. Yeah, <clears throat> cities, cities of aliens. Yes, just like Atlantis near the bottom of the ocean that pulled the Titan in, holding it hostage. Yeah, Atlantis of Tic Tacs. I don't know. Yeah, just the vastness of uh, of the ocean and space, but crazy. The the starship launch that's up next i think will be a big hopefully relief for the folks that are on dear moon because if you're if you're on that um obviously they're not going to launch it if they don't feel comfortable with it but um just the the anxiety of that i mean essentially they are on the titan that collapsed because like third mission yeah it's not great like i mean i trust spacex obviously a lot of smart people but still it's like the 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 ex, the things that could go wrong seem like they're much greater than. I feel like it's gonna get delayed a little bit. I think so. It's probably gonna, probably for a good reason. I right. But. I wouldn't worry about it as much in the launch. Well, the launch and the landing are the two things I would worry about. Once you're out into orbit, 
I wouldn't worry so much. Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, there's, there's enough knowledge got that has gone into the thing based on NASA's, um, space exploration. And then just all of the, the, you know, testing and the number of rockets they've sent up to the ISS and Mm -hmm. launching satellites, whatever. I wouldn't be that worried about like once you're in space and I really wouldn't be that worried about the launch. What would concern me is seeing these rockets try and land. Yeah. They've yet to do it. Yeah. Especially with Starship. Starship's supposed to land itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it had, they've done it on those like little uh, hop, like where it goes up a thousand meter or whatever, you know, it goes up and then it came back down and it, but you're not free falling from outer space. No, exactly. Like you're, you're talking a whole nother level when you're coming back in from space and it's not like they, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy because you figure even with Falcon nine, the dragon capsule, Granted, the Falcon 9 rocket can land itself, but the capsule is coming down old school style parachutes, right? This is like the, you're more or less going to be on the first manned landing of that Mm -hmm. kind. And, you know, I I think, right? I don't (laughs) know. It's just something more reassuring about like a shuttle landing because it lands like a plane. Yeah. Like that's the same thing with Branson. Like it lands like a plane. It takes off like a plane. It lands like a plane. A shuttle lands like a plane. There's something, well, I mean, and, obviously history speaks for itself. Like not all shuttle landings are, you know, successful, but something about the fact that they're just free falling into the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and then firing a rocket and this thing's going to like land on its feet. That just like, if I'm a passenger, I'm just like, are you sure we don't want to go with the parachute option (laughs) going into the ocean or we can go with a plane design and land it like a plane. Yeah. They go all in on the landing. It it just, it frightens me. Mm -hmm. On like a specific target too. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, they don't, they're not going to land in like a, you know, random spot in the desert. It's like an actual landing pad Mm -hmm. pretty much, you know? And the, they're landing starship on land it's not on a boat i think it's on land but yeah. they, the falcon nines they've done on the water and right. and on land and it, yeah it's incredible I, yeah it's just it yeah i'm i'm not gonna be the first to sign up no no even if i have the 250 grand or whatever it costs can you imagine if we one of uh if, if like you went on to become a finalist for dear moon <laughs> yeah that that would be a little scary. I might. We'd be talking you out of this every month. Just I feel like, like, oh, that thing's gonna fucking implode. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about this, David? I'd do it. I I think I might do it. I don't Roll know. tide, light him up. Roll tide. Well, episode seventy-one. So long, Davo. <laughs> we'll carry on the legacy. Cheers, David. <laughs> Hope this baby works. Yeah, it's, uh, I think you're right, David. It's going to have a lot of delays. I just feel it, um, unfortunately. They've made such great strides, SpaceX has, and I'm certainly not in any way lumping them into the category of ocean gaze engineering or even <laughs> Blue Origin. I think they are a step above uh, a lot of space exploration companies and, and even NASA. Yeah, they're, in some ways. they're a step above penises. Yes. They're, they're light years above penises. These guys, though, the, these like CEOs, I feel like that's what that whole it thing with Titan was. It, it's a total billionaire dick measuring contest. Yes. It yeah. is. Or like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon are oh, yeah, the gonna, MMA fight. Yeah. I, w- I will. Are they actually we will doing that? Pay, the, the pay-per-view for that because I, I want to see Elon kick his ass. 
the the word on the street is that they're both like training for it. Really? <laughs> doing, have like, you seen the AI? And, like, have you seen the AI like yes. generated fights of them yeah. online? <laughs> Those like, are people hilarious. put their face on some like I saw one that was a uh, they do phone booth fights. So you get locked into a phone booth, like an old school phone booth, where there's like not enough room for one person, let alone two, and you have to fight in it. And they put Elon and Zuckerberg in there just like <laughs> It sounds like something out of either a South Park episode or a Simpsons episode. It, it like, is. It's yeah. like Elon versus. Yeah, it, it, it's like pretty much out of a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's like a celebrity death match. Remember that show? Yeah, yes, it is. Pretty much. Yeah. This is what this is. Yeah, that yeah. that was a, that show's awesome. Oh, if they bring that back and like oh, do a reincarnation God. of Elon versus Zuckerberg with oh, all that'd of be the, amazing. it was like all the claymation, right? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. so funny. That yeah. was so good. Back in like the nineties and. Or was it? Yeah, I think it was the like commentators are the best. That. Yeah, yeah. The, the commenta- commentators are the best on that. Yeah, so funny. All right, I'm dry. Yeah, yeah. me too. I think this has uh, been a great episode, 65. Uh, but we'll round it out for the month of July and be back with you in August um, after our summer continues. Lots of stuff coming, coming to plan. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. Side note: We got some. Uh, we got to get out and watch the night sky for ufos over lake michigan yeah yeah sure what better place if you're in michigan who knows you know don't know what's out there it's a big lake um so we'll be looking forward to chatting with you in august uh if you want give us a review or a a a like or rating on apple Podcasts, spotify podcasts follow us on the socials at eclipse on tap and we will chat with you in august cheers cheers cheers